Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, we were doing a lot of convoy security. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, you know, we were infantry, but we were tasked as more or less military police. PTSD is a real thing, and I'd kind of like to raise awareness about that because a lot of my Marine Corps, you know, brothers and people that I've served with, are, oh man, I, I don't, I don't deserve anything from them. I don't deserve nothing, you know. But you don't realize, you know, how that affects you. Just the conditioning. I was like the comedic relief. I'm always, I'm a comedian at heart, you know. That's what I tell people. It's like I'm a comedian, I'm a serious motherfucker, and I'm a magician, you know. But really, at heart, I like to cut up. I like to have fun. Supposedly, there's more there's more miles under the you know city of Paris in the catacombs than there are miles of street above ground because it's so many so many layers you know. But in, in the last podcast, they asked me if there was any magician or any celebrity that you would like to meet, and I said, well, to meet just to meet or to meet and make friends with, and they said, well, you know, to meet and make friends with, and I said, well, that'd be David Blaine. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to H Podcast Nation Presents My Story. This is now our third series. And as I've said many a time now, what I love about this series is no matter what people do, they've got a story to tell. Uh, as you know, H Podcast Nation, home to many great shows and original series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So please do check us out on YouTube. And of course, uh, if you prefer your podcast in audio form, then check us out at the Sports Social Podcast Network, which is the UK's first and only, I think, uh, all sports podcast network. You can check out all of our shows there, including my story. And uh, they'll be on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, all, all the usual places. But let's get into it straight away. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined from across the pond by uh, a podcaster, an author, and of course, a magician. It is uh, Alex Christopher Johnson. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, man. Sai, thank you so much for having me on your show. No, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's a bit of a change of pace. My first magician. Um, All right. However, I am first man. Always number one. That's it, mate. That's it. I'm. A, I'm. I'm a massive fan of like magic and illusions and stuff like that. I always have been. Um, it drives my wife insane because I quite often will get 
lost in like YouTube or something. Just right. looking. I start with one trick or something. Quite often, no, quite often it starts with I'll kind of see a trick, uh, you know, like on a show or a clip or something, and I've got to know how it's done. So I start with that, and then before I know it, it's like an hour, two hours later, and I've just been sat there watching magic tricks and and all sorts of stuff. But um, with these show, mate, I'd really like to just start them off by taking people right back to the beginning. Um, so to sort of tell us a bit about your kind of your upbringing, where you're from, where did it all begin for uh, for AJ? All right, man. Uh, whew. That's such an open-ended question. There's so much to say, but uh, I grew up East Tennessee, uh, you know, on a farm, you know, I grew up on a cattle farm, tobacco farm. So, you know, as a little kid, you know, I can remember walking behind the tobacco setter, you know, and planting, you know, and fixing the tobacco plants as they're going and working, you know, in the field, working in the barn, you know, grading tobacco. Uh, I mean, there's just so much to my story. No one's ever really asked me that. So first off, thank you for, you know, asking me about, you know, where I came from. Uh, I've traveled the world a lot. You know, I've lived in a few different countries, you know, from Iraq, you know, in the Marine Corps to Ukraine, also in the Marine Corps. I graduated college. I lived overseas in Taiwan. I lived in Taipei, Taiwan for two years in Sanchong and Lujo, which is both in New Taipei City. Uh, there I met some magicians, you know. Uh, that's getting ahead of myself, though. So mm-hmm. help me break it down a little bit. Which, What specifically do you want to know? So I'm kind of interested in, in all of what you just said. Like, it's really interesting to me, obviously. Um, tell me a bit about, like, you as a as a kind of as a child as a teenager what were you interested in was magic something that was was always an interest or was that something you developed later in life what were you what were you good at what were you sports things like that like what were you like as a teenager the the previous podcast that i was on which was called uh mike time with marty right Mm -hmm. he helped unjog you know some memory with me about you know when i started magic because i thought that it was you know a little bit later i thought that it was around 2003 whenever we went on a family trip to Las Vegas. But come to find out after, you know, my memory being jogged, I remember learning my first card trick, probably about five years old. My grandfather taught me, you know, just a little silly thing to where you go through the cards and you say, stop. And uh, I'm I'm a magician, so I'm not going to reveal how it works, (laughs) right? But then he would always pick the right card. And as a kid, that blew my mind, and he wouldn't tell me. He wouldn't tell me. It took, you know, several, several attempts. Like, Papa, you have to tell me how you do this. But every time, you know, I would get it wrong, you know, trying to guess the card, and he would be right. He would go, boop. He'd, here we go. He'd be like this. Pow. And he'd, he'd be on the nose, you know. And I had to learn that trick. So that was the very first thing that I ever learned, probably about five years old. And then uh, I, my grandmother, she bought me a cups and balls routine from, like, one of the books a million top, you know, big you know, commercial bookstores in the mall. Mm-hmm. And then Las Vegas. And uh, – So I've always did, you know, magic off and on, you know, my dad taught me a simple coin vanish, you know, Uh, but as a kid, you know, I played football for a little while and I broke my arm and also play guitar. You know, I'm a musician, guitar, banjo, didgeridoo, even had a bagpipe at one point in my life. So I broke my arm playing football and I had to make the decision. Actually, the decision was very easy. Fuck a bunch of football. Mm -hmm. Can I cuss on this show? Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, I I didn't know if this is trying to be super family friendly, but, you know. So I broke my arm playing, you know, football backyard. And I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. And I was always athletic, you know. So I did martial arts. And I got my black belt whenever I was like 16 or 17, black belt with a white stripe. 
then after that, I joined the Marine Corps and I served four years in the United States Marine Corps Infantry, right? I was 0311. Basically, I tell people that I was a bullet sponge because that's what they called us. But I will have to say I was a very bad bullet sponge because I never once got shot. The only time I got shot was not whenever I was in the military. Wow. What was it like? Um, like, what was the decision like to to join the Marine Corps? Is that something that you'd kind of thought about for a while? Is it something which was quite an easy decision? Or See, I, I grew up playing, you know, uh, Army as a kid. You know, we were little redneck kids, you know, out in the woods. You know, I lived in a very small town, about 1,200 people. And so we would shoot each other with BB guns. We'd play, you know, instead of hide and go seek, we'd play hide and go kill. Mm-hmm. So that's where you hide, you know, in the barn or out in the woods and have a BB gun. Your buddy tried to find you like, boom, motherfucker. <laughs> so that's how, uh, you know, I kind of grew up, you know, playing stuff like that. And uh, I'd always wear my grandfather's Air Force uniform. He was in the Korean War. And then his brother was in the uh, Army. He was in the Army Air Corps before the invention of the Air Force. And uh, he was in World War II. So mm-hmm. I would wear his uniforms over at his place. And I'd wear my grandfather's uniforms over at my mom and dad's house. And so I always grew up around a military family. And my uncle, he was the only person in my family that was in the Marine Corps. And uh, I was in high school. I knew I wasn't disciplined enough to graduate high school and go straight into college, right? And I was like, I have to do it. I didn't want to have any regrets in my life. Uh, and I didn't. I knew that if I didn't do it, then I would end up regretting it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I just went in. I was supposed to go in for what's called NBC, which is nuclear biological chemical. I was going to be like the nuke guy, you know, and they didn't have an opening available. So I'd have to stay in the delayed entry program for about six months for that, you know, slot to be available just to go to boot camp. And my recruiter was like, you know, there's a, there's an opening for infantry. If you want to do that, you'll be in Iraq within six months after you get out of boot camp. I was like, all right, send me to Iraq. <laughs> so that's, was, uh, um... that's a good summary. What's boot, what's boot camp like then in the Marine Corps? Like, is it as brutal as this? Like, it's, in, in some films, it's portrayed as quite a brutal experience because obviously they've got to prepare you for the for worst-case scenarios and you've got to have a certain mentality to get through that. Was that something which was difficult? I can remember um, my first, we, we call them humps, right? Instead of a hike, they called it a hump because a hike, generally speaking, you know, is leisurely stroll. But a hump, you got to step it out. You got to, you know, kick your ass. You got to go. And we had our assault packs, which is like a backpack, right? Just a normal mm-hmm. ass backpack. And they were filled with all of our gear. Not much weight, maybe at, at max, maybe 30 pounds. I don't remember exactly how much everything weighed. But uh, so we, you know, we stepped it out on our first hump, which is like about three miles. But it wasn't like a leisurely stroll, you know, it was like, you know, a brisk, fast walk. And I can remember after finishing that, you know, I was about dead. At this time, I had just turned 18. So I was in decent shape for an 18-year-old, you know. And uh, I remember that that first hump about killed me. And they built us up to where our final one was uh, – this might this might have been at ITB, which is the Infantry, Infantry Training Battalion. I think that the final one we did was uh, 20 clicks, so 20 kilometers. Mm-hmm. So we did a 20-kilometer, you know, hike, hump all up and down mountains carrying about 120 pounds of gear. And then as soon as we finished, you know, it took all night long. We don't, we didn't get any sleep because it rained and somebody lost our PEC 16, which is a, a laser sight, you know, for M16, a four service mm-hmm. rifle. So uh, they lost that and we weren't able to sleep that night. 
and then we had to finish, you know, the hump out. And then uh, I remember uh, as soon as we finished, we had to run five miles. As soon as that was, that was over with, we dropped everything. We got down to boots and utes, boots and utilities, which is just, you know, your pants and your boots and a tank top shirt and not a tank top, but, a you know, just a T-shirt. Yeah. And your M16 we had to run five miles immediately after. So it's like 17 miles total. So we started mm-hmm. this off at three miles and we finished it running, you know, 17 more or less. Just making me tired just thinking about running that. Oh, that like, other day, other day I couldn't sleep. And so <laughs> I decided I was going to go for a, you know, a jog around my apartment complex here. And I ended up uh, running six miles before sunrise the other day, not running, but you know, a mixture of jogging. jogging yeah. yeah. And so I'm 32 now. And I, I just, I've been lazy after I got out of the Marine Corps and I was like, man, you know, no more PT for me. And then as uh, drinking, you know, growing yeah. up, getting, gaining a little bit of weight, I'm like, fuck, man, I got to kick my ass, you know, I got to discipline myself. So I'd make myself, you know, just keep going. It's, um, it's, an e- it's easy to, to, to fall out with a habit of like exercise and, and stuff like that. But actually, if you keep in that habit or you get back in the habit, it makes yeah. you feel so much better. Um, I mean, I felt, I felt great after that was over with, but yeah, hundred percent. Like, um, I had a car accident back in 2008, which means I walk with like a walking stick now. Oh, um, shit. Cause I've got like I had a spinal fusion and all shit to my back and my leg. And, um, one of the things that I miss, cause I, I'm an early riser, see, so I get, I get up at like five o'clock every day. And one of the things that I miss, so I get up at five o'clock every day and I drink coffee and smoke for yeah. like an hour or so and just let myself wake up or whatever. But like, what I would like to be doing, there's a beautiful lake just around probably like a five minute drive from my house, which I would love to just go there every morning at five o'clock and run around that. And it's, yeah. unfortunately it's not to be anymore, but I, I say it to my children now all the time because they're teenagers and I say to them, just make the most of it because you just don't know. Like right. I went through, you know, a good 30 years of kind of taking a lot for granted and then all yeah. of a sudden, I had everything sort of flipped upside down. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I tell people all the time, like especially my kids, just don't take for granted the yeah. little things. And sometimes, you know, like I say to my wife is a lot, that lake, which is five minutes from my house, is beautiful. And if we went away for like a family trip or something, that's the sort of place that we would go to to visit and have a walk around and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's five minutes from our house and we barely ever go there because it's, you just become, it's, it's just, it's always been there. Complacency kills is what the Marine Corps always said. Complacency kills. Yeah. A hundred percent. So you went to the Marine Corps. <clears throat> um, did you see like a lot of action during that time or was it like a fairly, I'm trying to think of the years you said up to 2011, 2009, um, we were the last Marine Corps infantry battalion to be pulled out of Iraq. So okay. we were the last Marine Corps infantry battalion to leave Iraq. Uh, we were doing a lot of convoy security. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, you know, we were infantry, but we were tasked as more or less military police, okay. you know, convoy security. So there'd be one Vic, one vehicle here, and then there'd be, you know, tractors and trailers. And then I can't remember the exact, you know, spacing, but there'd be one military vehicle here. And then I think it might've been seven miles behind. There'd be another military vehicle. Oh, wow. It might've been less than that, but I know it was, you know, a, a long ass gap. Right? Uh, there was one big hit in an IED 
I mean, it blew up. They had a mine roller on it, right? So a mine roller, you know, is up armored MRAP, okay? And then in the front of it was like a trailer, okay? And so it's pushing this way, and it hits the the IED, blew that thing up, and went on top of the vehicle. Uh, nobody was hurt in that, uh, you know, situation. Uh, I personally, I didn't have to shoot nobody. You know, thank God for mm -hmm. that. Um, several of my Marine Corps, you know, buddies, you know, have been through, you know, way far worse than me. I was on recently is on a podcast called uh, Spear Talk Podcast with someone from the Secret Service. Okay. And I don't know exactly, you know, what all that man's been through. But, you know, I was telling him, it's like, I don't claim to be, you know, a war hero or anything like that. But it's a part of my past that yeah. I can't really uh, take away or run away from. For years, I've tried to run away from the Marine Corps part of myself, you know, mm. just because it's like, uh, you know, we're more or less. Uh, this won't sound good on the internet, or whatever. But we're more, seriously, in all honesty, we, we were trained killers, you know. Yeah, of and course. that realization, you know, came into my head, you know, early on because we were shooting silhouette targets, right? Mm. And as a kid, eighteen years old, you know, you're just over there fucking popping rounds off. Ah, fuck yeah, I guess yeah. you machine gun. You know, this is fucking cool. But then, like, there was like a moment of maturity that came in my head. You know, I was fucking shot somebody. That target went down. That silhouette went down, and. uh then it made me, it really crystallized and really clicked in my head. It's like, fuck, man, they're training me to kill. Mm, yeah, and, yeah, you know, sure. as, a, as a kid, as a kid joining the Marine Corps, you know, duh, that's what you join the mm -hmm. Marine Corps for, right? But it's different whenever there was a training exercise, I had to shoot somebody, right? And it was like simulation, real simulation. And I, and I shot that guy, right? And he fell down. He was fucking dead. And it's like, I just killed that guy, you know? But it was pretend. It was play. It was pretend. But the real, the real click, you know, was that silhouette target that I shot. Mm. And I don't know if it was because I was a little bit older or what it was really that made me realize it's like, damn, man. Yeah, I think, like, as you get older, you um, then you hit that bit of maturity mentally, um, the realization of things. Right. Including, like, death. They come to you, you know, like you're more in tune with the, your own mortality, I think, as you get older. Right. So, whereas when you're 18, 19, you kind of think you're going to live forever, don't you? And, and you, you don't well, really think about that stuff. Necessarily. The, the Marine Corps has a way, you know, of conditioning, of brainwashing, you know, the recruits. Okay. To where it's like, you know, you tell, tell a recruit to stand up. He's going to stand up at, you know, attention. His feet's going to be together. His hand down's by the side. And it's like, yeah, that's brainwashing. And the Marine Corps, you know, the drill instructors always said, they're like, it's like, goddamn right, we're brainwashing you, but we're going to break you down. We're going to build you back up and you're going to be better. And that's mm -hmm. the mentality of the Marine Corps. And I'm not saying that it's true, not saying that it's not true, uh, but I wouldn't change nothing. You know, a yeah, lot yeah. of my friends have been through a lot of stuff. I got back from Iraq and one guy, you know, a couple got three, four guys, you know, blew their heads off, mm -hmm. killed themselves. Uh, one guy got arrested, you know, went to prison. Another guy, he uh, got addicted to heroin, you mm. know, so it's like there's all kinds of bad things, you know, that you were exposed to. And PTSD is a real thing, right? Yeah, 100%. And, 100%. and when I got back from Iraq, you know, I was still, as I was in my, you know, I had a little Honda Civic at the time. And I'd be driving down the road, you know, going home here, you know, in the United States. And I'd be looking on the side of the road for bombs, you know. I'd be, oh, there's a trash bag over there. That could be an IED. Mm. So PTSD, even if... uh you know, you didn't directly have to shoot somebody. I've seen people get shot and stuff, you know, but uh, 
PTSD is a real thing. And I'd kind of like to raise awareness about that because a lot of my Marine Corps, you know, brothers and people that I've served with, they're oh man, I, I don't, I don't deserve anything from them. I don't deserve nothing, you know, but you don't realize, you know, how that affects you, just the conditioning, you know, until, like you said, with the maturity, as you go on and you kind of really come to understand, it's like, dude, you might have a little bit of a problem. Yeah, people I, don't want to face their problems. 100%. And I think um, one thing, we, we've done a few different um, series and shows on, on mental health. Um, and I actually did a show on PTSD um, back last year um, with a with a footballer who'd had some some issues. But I know a few guys who've come back from like Iraq and, and the army and things. And they've just, they've never been the same right. since they went in. Like they went in as kids and they came out and they... They yeah. just haven't been able to acclimatize. Some one of them uh, didn't make it uh, when he got yeah. me. He, he saw some stuff, couldn't cope with it, and drank himself to death pretty much. Hey, man, um, you know, you know, yeah. sipping on wine right now, but I can relate to that. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and I think um, I don't know what it's like in the in the US, but I know uh, in the UK, the government and the people who send you guys and these soldiers out there to do these things. They don't do enough to help them afterwards. Um, they kind of just leave them. To... I've been very fortunate, man. Like the VA has really taken care of me, you know, as far as mental health and, you know, treatment and everything. But at the same time, it's like one of my, my fire team leader, right? Um, uh, you know, he's running for sheriff of his town and, you know, hell, I don't know how many people he's had to, you know, smoke as they would say, mm-hmm. but, and that's in the civilian sector, you know, Mm-hmm. And firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, the stuff that they've seen they've been through, mm-hmm. even even, you know, private contractors, there's no help for them. Like unless it's private or unless you're prior or military, then you have the VA. So, you know, here in the United States, the VA actually is doing a lot better than they you know used to with helping vets. Good. That's good. That's very good because I think um, there's nothing which is uh I get really upset when I see like videos or but even just in general, see people who've served their countries for years, uh, seen some terrible things, done some things yeah. on behalf of their country. And then you see them and they're, they're, you know, they're living in a cardboard box or they're, they're living on a park bench. And it seems like they've got no one to, to help them and, and get them out of that cycle. And quite often, the reason they're in the position they're in now is because they weren't able to uh, either acclimatize when they came back or they've, they had some mental health issues when they came back or. I think a big part of that, I don't know about, you know, over there, but here a big part of it is they don't feel like a lot of people, you know, prior servicemen, they feel like after they're done, they're done. They don't want any help. They don't want any money. And that's Mm -hmm. stubborn. You know, I was Mm -hmm. fortunate enough to be able to get help and, Everybody, every, every, every single serviceman that I meet out in public, I ask them, I say, do you have any service connection at all? They're like, no, what, what's that? I'm like, dude, you could, you could get a little bit, you can get help through the VA. And now I have a hundred percent medical taken care of, you know, I, I get a pension, you know, from, you know, the VA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I try to get back a little bit and you wouldn't even believe how many people have been through so much, you know, way worse than I could even imagine, you know, talking about Vietnam era, you know, having to shoot little kids and, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too dark with this shit though. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, I try to get back and I try to help them. I have a phone number on my phone. You know, I'm like, here, call this number, talk to this man. 
he's like, I don't want, I don't want to do that. But if nothing else, even if it doesn't work, just tell your story because you need to yeah. talk. You need to talk about it. And who knows? You know, maybe they'll help you get an extra six hundred bucks a month, or maybe it might, it might get you close to four grand. You know, mm. and plus a hundred percent medical taken care of. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think it's worth uh, it's worth talk, talking about as well. Um, I'm kind of interested how you went from the Marine or how you ended up going from the Marine Corps to a magician. Seems like um, different ends of the spectrum. So you came back from the Marine, the Marine Corps or you left the Marine Corps. What was next for you? Uh, after I left the Marine Corps, I was in college. I, I got a degree in uh, public speaking, uh, an associates of science in public speaking. And then I went on to get a bachelor's degree in integrated marketing communications, right? So it's a business, a BBA and, you know, bachelor's in business administration. From there, I was so fed up with the rat race, you know, with the TikTok, the grind of college school. I was like, dude, fuck this shit. I can't go into a corporate job right now. I I, I can't. I can't make myself do it. And uh, somebody at the time was in, was living in Korea teaching English. And so I went and I, uh, I applied and ended up getting a job overseas in Taiwan. So I taught English in Taiwan, you know, two separate times for about a year each time, 10 months mm-hmm. and 10 months or so. But speaking on the magic thing, magic has always been a part of me because I've always been an entertainer. You know, I've always, that's hence the public speaking thing. I've always wanted to entertain people. I've always wanted to make people laugh, make people smile. And I've always kind of fed off of that. So I didn't really do a lot of magic and stuff, you know, in the Marine Corps, as far as I can remember. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But it was mostly uh, I was like the comedic relief. I'm always I'm a comedian at heart. You know, that's what I tell people. It's like I'm a comedian. I'm a serious motherfucker and I'm a magician, you know, but really at heart, I like to cut up. I like to have fun. I like to make people laugh. I don't like taking life too seriously because uh, seriousness, it's important to be serious and be matter of fact when you need to be. But whenever I'm in my off time, you know, I'm just cutting up with my friends, you know, just having a good time because life's too short. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you can get kind of caught up in it, in the seriousness of everything, can't you? Because like you know, everyone's got bills to pay and things to do, and yeah, yeah, it's it's easy to just feel like you're just going round and round and round in the yeah. same old worry. And sometimes you've got to just uh, just enjoy, uh, yeah. enjoy people, enjoy time. You've been all over the place then, in terms of like how was teaching English out in Taiwan is because. How does that work? Did you speak other languages before? Yeah, yeah. I, I can speak Chinese. I'm trying to read your hat. I was actually trying to read what the symbol is. Uh, I think it's like a F and a C. It's, yeah, it's uh, too like blurry. A crown, a crown or something, I think. It's also, it's blurry and it's reversed for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just even harder. No, it's just, um, it's an FC, I think, and then like a crown on it. Oh, it's not a Chinese character? No, no. Okay. It looks, from the angle of it, it looks like it Kind of looks similar to the character for uh, Turtle. Okay, there you go. Yeah. But I mean, it's blurry. I just was yeah. looking at the and then the hook. Mm. But yeah, um, I had a private tutor when I was in college. You know, because I did martial arts, right? And then I started doing kung fu. And my brain told me, "It's like if you're going to learn, you know, kung fu. If you're going to learn to do, you know, I started off in taekwondo, judo, hapkido, and then uh, started doing Marine Corps martial arts. I got my green belt in that. That was just forced through the program, you know." And then when I got out of the Marine Corps, I started doing Kung Fu. And uh, I was really interested in the philosophy, you know, the yin and the yang. I kind of, you know, wanted to know more about Taoism. 
And so uh, my brain was like, if you want to learn this, you have to learn the language. And I was like, no, man, dude, Chinese is a shit language. I don't want to learn that. I want to learn Japanese. He's like, yeah, but you're not studying a Japanese martial art. I was like, oh, okay. And so uh, I was going to China. I was going to go teach in Hangzhou. I had a job lined up. And then I was on this group because uh, I wanted to practice Chinese, right? And I didn't want to practice talking Chinese to Chinese dudes online. Yeah. So I was in this group called Let's you know, Speak Chinese. And there was a girl in there. And she was talking to me in English and Chinese, like that language exchange thing. And I was telling her that I'm going to Hangzhou to, you know, teach English. And she's like, oh, don't go to China. I'm like, well, why not? She said, well, China is a communist country. She said, you should go to Taiwan. And I was like, well, what the hell is Taiwan? I don't know about Taiwan. She said, oh, it's the only democracy in Asia. And plus, I'm here. And that's all it took, man. Yeah. As soon as she said that, I said, all right, baby, I'm coming. <laughs> And so I uh, ended up, you know, dating her for, you know, four or five years and lived over there. Uh, so, yeah, getting back to the private tutor, I had a private tutor in college. <laughs> I did it uh, study once a week. I did Rosetta Stone and I did a program called Pimsler's Chinese, which is an audio thing I'd put in my car and I would just repeat it and listen to it. It would say it in Chinese. It would say the conversation and then it would give the direct translation in English. That's Pimsler's. Rosetta Stone <laughs> for Chinese ain't worth a fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I lived over there and I taught English, dated the Chinese girl everywhere I would go. Like right now I could be dropped off anywhere in China and I'm serious anywhere in China and I can get around as long as they speak, you know, Putonghua, which mm-hmm. is, you know, Mandarin, which is the common language yeah. or in China. They call it Han Yu. That's crazy. So how long did it take you to, from start to finish Jack and to be fluent in Chinese? I am not fluent, sir. Nowhere no. near. No, no. You can hold, hold a conversation. I, I could be yeah. dropped off. I could be dropped off anywhere in China. You know, and I'd be able to get around you know, enough to read. And as long as they like in the uh, where they speak Cantonese, I wouldn't be able to get around so much there. But I would be able to get around because I'd be able to type it. I can I can read and write in pinyin. Right. Okay, yeah. so I can type on my phone and I'd be able to spell the Chinese in my phone using English characters and say and show them the Chinese. And it would, you know, be enough to get around. But, you know, Taiwan, I could survive there. You know, China, I could survive there. I'd be able to, you know, get around, you know, actually have Mm -hmm. conversations. I can't talk about, you know, astrophysics or or talk about anything real surface. You know, I can ask, you know, how to get here. Where's the bathroom? I want to order chicken, you know. So So if you, how were you able to teach English if you weren't like fluent? Because it's 100% 100 English school. So starting in kindergarten, no Chinese was allowed to be spoken in class. And so a lot of the students didn't know I could speak Chinese. And I'd hear them talking shit, you know. Yeah. And I'd be like, what? What'd you say? I, I like but so I'd, I'd try to be sneaky about it, not let them know. And then when I did speak Chinese, finally, before I left, they were like, teacher, teacher, are you from China? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Because I was in Taiwan, you know, which is not China. And they said, well, you yeah. have a Beijing accent. Because <laughs> cool. my, t- my teacher was from Beijing. Yeah, I think it's a it's it's a cool um, little tool to have, and if you speak the language and they don't realize, especially especially as a teacher. Well, see, so. I, I wanted to be able to speak to the majority of the people in the world. In between Chinese and English, I can officially speak to the majority of the people in the world, statistically speaking. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose yeah, that's kind see because back back then I you know I thought that I was going to be a big businessman, you know, because mm-hmm. I was going to school for business, and so yeah. it made logical sense. So were you like, what was your, at that point, what would you have been, do you think your planned career would have been? 
I wanted to be an actor. Okay. I mean, I am an actor, I guess. You know, every day I'm I'm acting in some way, whether it's mm-hmm. acting a fool or acting serious or, mm-hmm. you know, trying to uh, blow people's minds with magic. But yeah, I mean, you know, like at, at 23 years old, you don't know what the hell you want to do. I mean, my best friend, you know, he knew from the start he wanted to be a nurse. You know, from like 16 years old, he knew he wanted to be a nurse. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So he became a nurse, became a nurse anesthetist. And now he's making, you know, more money than I've ever seen in my life. But he knew what he wanted. I've just known I've always wanted to do what I want to do. And that might change tomorrow. But magic has been the most consistent thing in my life. Yeah, it's weird. I um, I never knew what I wanted to do like ever I just I kind of I started working early got used to having money and mm-hmm. then just had like a general like office jobs and stuff and it was right. only like really when I got to like my late 30s and I started doing podcasts and things like that that I genuinely found something which I loved doing and I loved speaking to people and then it's kind of just kept growing and stuff and and I've met some incredible people along the way and then um, I wish I'd discovered it when I was like 20, but um, then I would have a life experience. Yeah, just just did podcasting even exist, you know? Like, because I only heard about podcasts like, you know, five, six years ago, whenever Joe Rogan started, really. Yeah, I think when I say like, I wish I could have done it with a 20, but like, I think um, more sort of like, uh, like radio and things like that. Radio, TV, film. Yeah, just I wish I'd kind of gone in that direction. But then I wouldn't have the life experience and right. the, the things which make me who I am. And, you know, those things that make me who I am are also the things that drive me on, that enable me to have conversations with people from, you know, from all different walks of life and things. And I can quite often, no matter who I speak to, whether it's a, mm-hmm. like a Premier League footballer or a wrestler or a magician or an actor. So I wanted to be an actor, and actually I, I made a, my, a short film. It's on my YouTube channel. It's called The Drifter. And, you know, I filmed it with the Ursa Black Magic, you know, the big one. You know, we're talking about, yeah. like a, you know, a $3,000 cinema camera, Ooh. you know, with a $2,000 lens. And then that led me to being a producer on an actual movie set for a movie called Pig Lady. It's a horror movie, which we filmed in Weimar, Oregon and in San Diego. And it's actually about to be coming out here within the year. We raised uh, close to 35 grand from Kickstarter and uh, Indiegogo, plus some the director. He had some life savings he put into it. So I wanted to be an actor, man, and never thought that I'd be being a producer. So I have all these skill sets, all these talents and everything. So I guess the, the way to really describe me is I'm an artist before anything mm. else, you know, whether it's, you know, painting, I used to be a painter. I had some, you know, my paintings in the art gallery. Uh, I'm an entertainer. I'm an artist. I'm an entertainer. Uh, I'm a comedian. I'm a fool. I'm a but genius. All those, but all those skills that you've mentioned, I would imagine go all fit beautifully into being a magician and putting on a show as a magician. 
whether it's the public speaking, it's the you could use different languages. You could you could be uh, work. I, I use the Chinese like when out, whenever I'm out and about, you know, somewhere. I, I will pretend that I'm reading somebody's mind. Like I'll listen to them and I'll say, oh, "This person, they are Korean. Oh, this person's, you know, Japanese. Oh, this one here might be Chinese." Mm. And then if I if I'm like ninety five percent sure, I, I'll go up to them and I'll start showing them a couple of basic magic tricks. And then uh, I've not did this in a while, but then after that, I'll be like, do you care if I read your mind a little bit? They're like, yeah. So I, I want you to think of a random word in your language. Okay. I'm going to try, I'm going to try to read your mind. And then I'll put my hand, you know, like not quite on their head, but I'll be like, you know, just trying to pull it out, pull it out. And then I'll be like, Oh, I feel like I'm getting, I said, what, what word are you thinking? And they'll say, uh, I'm thinking of dog. I go, okay. I go, uh, uh, Shall shall go shall mm-hmm. go, and they go what what what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're thinking little dog, right? And so I use that as a trick, and then after that, you know, I'll, I'll carry it on for a little while, but then I'll, I'll tell them the truth eventually. It's like, no, nah, I'm just messing with it, you know, mm-hmm. I won stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it really gets great reactions. Yeah, I was going to say it'd be really cool. I was half expect if you, if you had, if you had said some something in Welsh, then. That would have blown my no, mind. No, 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 no. That would have blown my mind. I, you know, I can I can do a little bit in Polish because okay. I, I studied Polish whenever I was in Iraq because uh, we had a doc. He was his name was uh, Doc Pawagiewicz, mm. and everybody called him Doc Palagowicz. And I was wanting to learn a language. This is before Chinese. This is back two thousand nine. And uh, I was like, dude, I heard him over on the phone. It's like, what the hell? What language are you speaking? He's like, oh, it's Polish. I'm like, oh, never heard of Polish. You know, I was 18, never heard of, didn't even know where Poland was. And so I went to a little haji shop, as we call them, you know, an Arabic store there in uh, Al-Assad Air Base in Iraq. And uh, sure enough, they had a Rosetta Stone CD, like a ripoff of Rosetta Stone. It had Japanese, it had Chinese, it had a bunch of shit. My phone's ringing. Daniel Rivington's calling. Should mm-hmm. we answer? Mm-hmm. Go on, Ukraine. Nah. nah, he's going to tell a joke. I know he's going to tell a joke. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll let him. Tell, tell your joke. Tell your joke. What's going on, you fucking slag? <laughs> hey, do it, cunt. You all right? You all right, mate? What's happening? I'm in the middle of a, I'm in the middle of a good... What's happened in the news? I'm in the middle of a good story. Make it fast. Have you heard about what's happened in the news? Go on. In a country uh, in Africa, beginning with a K. What's it called? Do you know? <laughs> you know that country in Africa that begins with a K. What's it called? Uh, don't know. Don't know. Kenya. Kenya. That's the one. Yeah. Can you fit these nuts in your mouth? <laughs> Click. <laughs> Can you? He did that. He did that on the last podcast I was in. Uh, anyway, um, no, he's, uh, he's cool. He's a uh, he cockney. No, nah, he he's just fucking around. He's he lives in Leeds. Is it? Yeah. Uh, Where you. are you at? Wales, right, man. So uh, down the bottom, just outside England. Yeah, he, he was just messing with you. He told me he's going to do that. I was like, ah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so so good, man. So getting back to what I was saying, uh, there was a little Haji store, right, an Arabic store that sold Rosetta Stone, mm. and it had Polish, a bunch of different languages, and everything. And so uh, I looked at Polish and it's the only only like, you know, Slavic language that I found that didn't use the Cyrillic alphabet because I didn't want to learn the new alphabet at the time. 
And so they use, you know, English characters, you know, or I guess it's called Roman characters or whatever. And so I started going through Rosetta Stone and I did like four, four levels of Rosetta Stone. So at one point I was pretty, pretty proficient in Polish. Two weeks or a week, whatever, studying Polish Rosetta Stone, coming up to Doc Pulogievich. I was like, so he should be so high. And he turned around, looked at me. He's like, what the fuck? I thought you were a native Polish speaking person. So how did you learn that? So, you know, down here at the damn, you know, store, I bought this rip off DVD and started learning Polish. So you, you, you clearly got, um, like a thirst for the knowledge just by the fact that you, um, you kind of just wanted to learn a language and, and just did it. Like a lot of people will think, oh, I'd like to learn a language, but then they put it off and they put it off and they put it off. And, you know, it's always like, like a tomorrow thing. And oh yeah, I would like to do that, but I'll put it off. But like judging by all the stuff you've done. It comes down to resources, man. Like if it hadn't been for that, you know, store in Iraq selling, you know, bootleg DVDs, hell, I could be a doctor. They they were teaching Mm. how to be a doctor. They had one program of how to be a, a hacker. And I'm like, okay. man, this is still, it's all bootleg, ripped off shit. They probably torrented and ripped it. And yeah, yeah. Some, some would be in Arabic and some would be in English, some would be in German. So you just pick and choose. But it comes down to resources. And it's mm-hmm. also not only resources, but passion. So, for example, like it'd be cool to learn to speak Spanish. I mean, I would like to speak Spanish, but I'm not passionate about it. And I've had every opportunity. I did three mm-hmm. years of French in high school. I can't speak a damn lick of French. So I just yeah. didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same as anything, and it is. Is if you've got a passion for it, um, or you enjoy it, or there's something, there's a reason. But it becomes a lot easier to motivate yourself to do it. Right. If it's something that you're begrudgingly doing, like French in school, you're kind of never fully committed, and that information goes in one ear and out the other pretty quick. Back in those days, though, I was more more uh, concerned about being the entertainment of the class. So I would try to make everybody laugh. Yeah. And I would purposely speak French bad. You know, instead, mm-hmm. of, like, instead of saying, tout peu comment, I'd be like, two table comment. Mm-hmm. So I would mm-hmm. learn the language, but I got more enjoyment out of, you know, just being an idiot, just being the class class. Yeah, yeah. But we also had uh, a French foreign exchange student. Okay. And so I sat here. And then the French foreign exchange student in the French class, he sat beside of me. And let's just say uh, I didn't have to really learn anything because I just look at his paper. Yeah, just there you go. The tests and stuff. So actually, you know, looking back, I wish I would have been a little bit more mature and taking it a little bit more seriously. But you know, yeah, but it's teenage, teenage, isn't it? Like, yeah, I look back on my teenage years a lot, and I was really good at football or soccer, as uh, you guys would call it. But like, I was just more interested in girls and smoking weed. So yeah. That's I what didn't I really did. Smoke any weed back then though, man. Like, uh, like you can't tell us, you can't tell a 16, 15, 16 year old, like you can, you can advise them and you can kind of say, you know, you should be doing this or try harder or all these different things. But the ultimately, French, the French teacher, you know, he was a big weed smoker though. Is it? Yeah. 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 One thing about, you know, France, if I ever have the opportunity to go, I want to go and check out the catacombs, you know, yeah. not go super damn deep, but I don't want to go to the tourist part. I want to go to the illegal area. You know, I, I want to crawl in there and actually see what it's like. I probably wouldn't go very deep, but I would, would like to see what the catacombs are actually like. So I take it's it you're, not, you're history, not claustrophobic. Yeah, 100 percent. I get the um, I get why 
and I, I can see, like, I like the thought of, yeah, I think that would be really cool. And then I think, yeah, I don't know if I want to be stuck down there. Oh, dude, uh, supposedly there's more there's more miles under the you know city of Paris in the catacombs than there are miles of street above ground because it's so many so many layers you know. Mm. But what was it initially for? Uh, well, what it was is they were doing mining. They were mining under there, okay. and then uh, the city had you know like I think it was flooding issues or something with irrigation, and they're like, "Yo, let's move all the dead bodies down here under the ground." Makes sense. Because mm. I guess you know, that's how they that's how they paved the you know made all the stone a lot of stone buildings yeah. I'm assuming stone streets so they were mining under there and then you know they ended up moving the bodies down there and in order to get to where the bodies are today evidently you know according to the videos I've seen you got to go deep 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 down except for the main tourist area right where they have all yeah, that yeah. stack and all that shit that'd be cool to see that too but I would like to go into the area to where it's like yo you're not supposed to be here. But yeah, yeah. Don't get well, stressed I, I, lost because that's I would not want that to be my demise. But it'd be an appropriate place though, right? <laughs> I would assume as well, like because they used to mine there, they would go down real, real fucking deep as well. I'm assuming it's probably like limestone or something because it's solid mm. rock. Yeah. Be interesting. I've ne- I've never been to Paris, you know, so I don't really know much about it. But it'd be cool. hundred percent. So talk to me. Um about that period then so when did being a magician become the thing for you um pretty much in in taiwan i had the opportunity to meet some of the world's best magicians at a magic convention and i was doing magic then and uh they needed there was uh there was three magicians there maddie maddie gilbert you know his name is maddie gilbert maddie gilbert you know he's he's a french name uh, from Canada. So Maddie Gilbert, Maddie Gilbert. He was a big dude on uh, uh, Penn and Teller Fullis, right? Yeah. Muted my phone. Hang on. So he was there, and I just saw him like a week prior on the computer. And he's the only magician in the entire world that does not do sleight of hand. Okay. He does sleight of arm because he doesn't have any hands. Jesus. Yep. You know, he's, he's, he's a legend. He's a living legend. So he was there. And then there was Eric Jones, Eric Jones. Uh, he's been on the podcast, uh, on, you know, our podcast. And also yeah. there was Peter Turner, Peter Turner. He's a magician that he's like the men, the mentalist mentalist. He's a consultant, you know, he's, he's freaking genius. He's a legend. And they needed somebody to be on the stage that was a native English speaker because Maddie, uh, Eric, and Pete all spoke English natively and everybody there in the whole, you know, place, you know, were Chinese people that didn't speak English as a first language. And so at first they asked me to be on Pete asked me personally to be on his show, his, you know, stage thing. Mm. So I got to be on stage with Peter Turner. And then after that, uh, one of the people out of the thing came up and asked me to be on Eric Jones's show. And I made friends with them, you know, and one thing led to another and, Pete invited me to go to Blackpool in England. And there at Blackpool is where the world's largest magic convention is. Yes. It's every year, you know, in February. I didn't go this past year, but I was there. And I I made all these excuses. No, I can't go. I can't go. I can't afford it. You know, I I won't go. And every time I would text Pete, he would say, you coming to Blackpool? 
And I said, no, bro, I can't make these excuses. I texted him again a couple of weeks later. He's like, hey, bro, you coming to Blackpool? It's like, God damn it. No, I'm not coming to Blackpool, motherfucker. I'm not going. And I, I ended up going to Blackpool. And uh, it's all because of those connections in, in Taiwan, man. And that's kind of snowballed the career after that, the magic career. The guy that we talked to on the phone that called in, that's Daniel Rivington. He's the co-host of Conversation with the Conjurer, the podcast that we do together. Yeah, uh, He introduced me to him. And he, he was out of Leeds. He's the president of Leeds Magic Circle. Okay. I um, I Like I said at the start, um, I can't remember if I said it on the show or if I said it to you when we were just chatting. Um, I I got a real thing for magic. Like, I'm so, I enjoy it. I enjoy all aspects of it. And like you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, when you were a kid and, and your grandfather showing you that trick. Yeah, um, yeah. And like, me now, like one of my favorite things to do when my you know, my kids were really young, like I got three teenage boys now, so they're kind of not interested in little magic right. tricks and stuff. But when they were young and they were, you know, toddling around the room, it's just the vanishing coin because it, as a kid, it just blows your mind. And like when um, my niece is like three now, and like making a coin appear behind her ear and then in her pocket and all these different things. Like to a kid, it's so magical and it's so just like whew, mind blowing. And, and I see, that, of... that's why that's why I don't I don't I prefer not to perform for children, you know, okay. because children they they you know pretty much across the board, you know, that oh he just knows magic, whatever, yeah. no big deal. He just knows magic. <laughs> they believe that, you know. So yeah. that's why I prefer to perform for adults for the people that. You know, like the people that Skeptics. wear the suits, the people that are so stuck up, set in their ways to really make them question what is reality. Because, you know, magic is the only art that can really make you question reality. Music, listen to music can give you chill bumps on your arms, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can see, you know, a painting and, you know, be inspired. Or you can see, you know, magic is the only art form that has the ability to make you question reality and what is real nothing else yeah. can do that you know a movie watching a movie you know on the television it can make you cry you know you can see a sad movie you know like 12 years a slave you can watch that and it'll make you cry it'll make you it can make you feel anger it can make you feel happiness it can make you feel all of these things it, it, i guess a movie could make you question reality too yeah i think it performed in front of your face before yeah. you in person magic is the only thing blows your mind and i think um, i was going to say like magic see i've i've got this weird thing see so say you show me a trick and it blows my mind and i'd be like it's incredible it's amazing i would make it my mission that i make it my mission then to try and find out how it's done well can, can we try something then yeah yeah but but my problem is is when i find out how it's done quite often i'm like oh because it, it all, I like smile. I almost spoil it for myself. Whereas that moment when the trick happens is special. All right. Sai, Simon, right? Yeah. I want to try something with you, okay? Do you know your zodiac sign? Scorpio. Well, you just told me. So I'm also a Scorpio. Uh, okay. I kind of had a feeling. Now, look, see, I could have researched you, Simon, right? Yeah. So you mentioned you have a wife, right? Without do. telling me, do you know her sign? Yes or no? Uh, I don't, you know. You don't? Okay. No, I was well, bad. T- take the time real fast and g- use your phone and Google her birthday and look up what her sign is. 
I will. Google, Google what it is and keep it on your phone and keep it handy. Okay. Okay. Got you. Do I tell you? No, no, of course not. I'm going to try to. I'm going to read. I'm going to read your phone. I'm going to read your mind. Okay. All right. Do you have it pulled up? Yeah. All right. So here's the way this works, man. Um, this is hard to do over, you know, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so look at me here. Look at the camera. And I'm looking at your eyes. I'm not looking at the camera. I'm looking at your eyes, right? Yeah. All right. So I want you to spell her star sign in your mind's eye silently to yourself. Okay. Spell it mm-hmm. like a ribbon going across. Okay. Now, just for fun, mix up the spelling. So, for example, if she's a Leo, you'd spell L-E-O. Then jumble it up. It'd be E-O-L or O-L-E, right? But she's not a Leo, right? She is, yeah. She is? Yeah. Shocking. How'd you do that? See, that just bugs me. (laughs) It's good, isn't it? Even over the internet, still magic. Ah, see, see, as soon as you said Leo the first time, I was like, I'm gonna have a drink now because I started smirking and I was like, uh, trying to hide it. Hey, I'll, I'll, show, I'll like show you it. something with cards. Let's see if cool. this will work. So I had to stand up, all right? This, yeah, yeah, that's cool. This is gonna be an awkward angle. So this is an example, right? Mm-hmm. So let me get in the frame here. All right, I can't, I can't see very well, but I think this is in frame, right? Yeah, yeah, that's important. So I have four blank cards, right? So there's yeah. one, two, three, four. That's four blank cards. So what I do is I just shake the cards just like this. And again, it's four blank cards, right? Yeah. I turn it over just like this, okay? Mm-hmm. You see? All right, just lift it up a little bit. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that's it. yeah, that's it. All right, so look, now it's four blank cards. All of a sudden, <laughs> AJ pops out. And uh, awkward angle. AJ is the only card that has any writing on it. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. Nicely done. I made that up just before uh, I came on here. That's really cool. I like that. I'll, um, I'll, definitely, that. I'll definitely, definitely clip that as well. When I um, put the before we put the show out, I'll put a little clip on Facebook nice. and stuff. Hey guys, see, I love magic. I could just sit here and just talk about magic for the whole time. You so, want to see another one? Yeah, go on, go on. All right, so this is the four ice trick. All right. Mm-hmm. And um, also, this is specifically for uh, Wales. Is that considered a Brit? What? Yeah, yeah, it's part of the UK and and. Britain, all right, Britain, so yeah. this this is specifically for you Brits out there. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I might I might say some more words here in a second, but shout out to the person this came from. Anyway, so this is the four ace trick, right? The aces have the ability to turn themselves over and back over spontaneously. Okay, Mm -hmm. so as you see here, the first ace to pop out is the ace of clubs. Give it a little shake, and the ace of clubs is back face down. Now it's the ace of diamonds. You see, 
take the ace of diamonds. I'm going to put it back in, give it a little shake. And just like that, the ace of diamonds is back face down. Now it's the ace of hearts. So I take the ace of hearts. I put it back into the packet, give it a little shake just like that. So you've seen the clubs, the hearts, and the diamonds, right? Yeah. But which card are we missing? With the uh, ace, clubs, diamond, spades. We're missing the spades, but I can turn it over manually just like <laughs> that, right? Yeah. But did you see the cards change colors, Simon? I didn't know. It says it right here. <laughs> did you see the cards change color with Brit spelling? <laughs> Now, of course, of course, Simon, I'm not talking about the face of the cards. I'm not talking about the face of the cards. I'm talking about the back because I'm using oh, cards. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. I love that. That is a good one. I like that one. I like that one a lot. And seriously, it's just four cards. Oh, see? There's no extra cards. Nope. Wow. That, that's a real good one. I like that. That one is definitely being clipped. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Dude, thank you so much, man. Thank you. That was awesome. I really, really enjoyed that. Sport smile to my face. Incredible. There we go. AJ pulling out the tricks. I like it. So, as we kind of go into the last 20 minutes or so, uh, where do you want to take your magic like where do you where would you like to to be ultimately with it well actually let me show you this man is it reversed on your end no you can no see no it. it's good it's nice it's, uh, so we, this yeah. is my book right here right this is called yeah. mastering the art of magic okay. this is a book that i came out with uh i i guess probably about a year and a half ago maybe even two years ago okay and on the very back of this book it says your effort to lead you to the top. Yeah. So speaking of where I want to go, well, I'm top of the pyramid, according to this book, right? Yeah. And that's just uh, just fun. It's just a coffee table piece, right? I can't yeah. teach you how to master magic. And I'm not even going to begin to say that I'm a master of magic myself. Because if you look in this book, it's completely blank. May your efforts lead you to the top. So this is a, it's a conversation piece. It's a journal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wrote some words inside of here. Yep. I actually, this is my personal copy and I autographed it. I was going to give it to somebody. Yeah. And I even wrote right here, do not mm -hmm. give away to remind myself. I, I give stuff away all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, this, I think it's, this is on Amazon for like eight bucks. Something if, like that. Um, if I order a book, if I order one of those, would you sign it for me? Well, I mean, I don't know how I would do that unless... Uh, does it go from Amazon, does it? Yeah, I mean, it would actually... The book would be probably be printed somewhere in England. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll still get one. But I have another book here. This uh, is uh, one of my later books. Mm -hmm. The Book of Magic. Book of Magic. Yeah, I use the name A.J. Kristoff. That's my pen name for Alex mm -hmm. Christopher Johnson. Yep. It's a cool book. And this this book actually That's has words cover. in it. Yeah. That's um. That's a really. I really like that cover. It's cool. I design all of my own work, dude. I I write my own books, publish my own books, design the covers. Everything is everything you see here is me. You know, I'm a one man. You know, one man machine. Yeah, one man, whatever. But I love that design right there. If you can see it. Yeah, yeah. 
Did you but design? Have, did you design I, your logo as well? No, no, no. That was that came from uh, some guy in the Netherlands. Okay. Uh, I use this thing called Fiber. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like fifty quid or something like that. Sixty bucks, seventy bucks, something like that. And uh, he sent me a couple of different designs, and I saw that one. I was like, "That is it. That is the design." As you see here, I got some shirts back here behind me. Yeah, yeah. I got my shirts laid back here. I got my AJ hat. So I'm trying to merch it up, you know. Yeah, you got to do it. Got to do it. Um, so what's it, what's it? What does an average day consist of for you at the moment? I mean, every day's a weekend for me, man. Drinking wine. I don't live Enjoying on a schedule, it. you know. I don't have to go to work. I just uh, I wake up, and I've been very blessed. I've been very fortunate. Uh, like I'm going to be driving. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to be going to Norfolk, Virginia to do some street magic. You know, a couple months ago, I was in New York City filming, you know, magic special. Uh, before that, I was living in San Diego. So it's like, I've just, I don't have any goals. I don't have any plans, but I hope my efforts will, will lead me to the top, whatever the mm -hmm. top is. But I don't believe the top is actually a real thing, you know? No. Because top of the pyramid, you know, it's like everybody's equal. It's, it's just, you know, people on the grass the top you know is ego you know i gotta be mm. the best i don't have to be the best dude i'm already the best that's my opinion now yeah. i might not be the richest i might not be the most known but i'm the best at what i do you know mm. always be number one at who you are and whatever your skill set is you know that's that came from my friend barnaby you know uh, he always his whole thing is always be number one at whatever it is you do mm. and even if you don't get the recognition for it recognition is second you know yeah Hundred percent. I I completely agree with that. I like that. Some good words from Barnaby. What yep. about Ward, um, Ward Fingerman? Number one, check him out. He'd be an excellent guest for you to have on the show. But he's a native Spanish speaker, so it's a little bit yeah, challenging, sure, yeah. you know, for him to do interviews not in Spanish. But he he might yeah. do it. You know. Um, with regards to like magic, this obviously with YouTube and TikTok and all these different mediums of media uh, these days. Is there any magicians you like? You watch yourself to to I don't know, see new tricks to just keep up with it, or do you mainly concentrate on your own stuff? Check this out, man. Um, so these right here, can you see them? It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, there we go. So these came from Peter Turner and Nathan Lindley. Nathan Lindley made Resurrected Two, right, which is Pete's uh, deck of cards. Mm -hmm. He had the version two of them. And then these here came from my friend Paul Richardson. Okay. So these are called the Hamsa deck. Okay. And then these right here came from Maddie Gilbert, Maddie Gilbert, the only magician in the entire world to not do sleight of hand, but sleight of arm because he doesn't have any hands. It's madness. I got oh, yeah. So, and then that leads me to this, man. And then here, is a prototype of the AJ deck, which is my deck, which is coming out soon. Sweet. Yes, I like that. So, yeah, I follow a lot of magicians, but over the years, I found out the ones that I idolize the most, you know, the ones that I followed the most, it's like, well, dude, they're my friends now, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's and cool. it's weird. That's cool. it, it's, it's a weird thing because, first off, you know, I was never like a fanboy, you know? Mm. Was, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's like I always put myself – on the same top pyramid as them because everybody's people, man, you know? Yeah. But in, in the last podcast, they asked me if there was any magician or any celebrity that you would like to meet. 
And I said, well, to meet, just to meet or to meet and make friends with. And they said, well, you know, to meet and make friends with. And I said, well, that'd be David Blaine. They said, well, mm -hmm. what about to meet just to meet? And I said, well, that'd be David Blaine also. Yeah. He's a, an interesting guy. Yeah. I so, yeah, I mean, conversation with him. David Blaine, you know, is who I got most of my inspiration from in the early days, right? And yeah. then I met other people and, you know, it snowballed from there. Like, you know, I have a coin here, right? So you can grab the coin, right? Let's get it here. You can grab the coin and you can take the coin. You can bash the coin, right? So which hand is in, left or right? Uh, this one. This one? Yeah. This one? Yeah, that one. So you think that it's there, but really there is no coin at all, right? <laughs> because the coin is right here on the table. Yeah, beautifully done that was. Even with a camera, that was beautifully done. Like, so good. Love it. See, I feel like I, I, that's, I like magic because it just, it makes you feel good, makes you smile. And I think in 2022, everyone is so... Um, Everyone's so keen to be negative and toxic. Yeah. Yep. And and the problem is, unfortunately, uh, negativity and toxicity and bad behavior, abusive behavior, can make you famous very quickly with TikTok and social media. Oh, and things like yeah, that. dude, fuck that noise, dude. And yeah. I just I hate it so much. And um, one of my favorite things about doing all the different podcasts I do and speaking to all the different people I do is created like this little community of people who who watch the shows and will comment and join the live shows and stuff like that but it's all like positive and i kind of just like my little corner of the internet and i got no time for negativity but magic and even like you doing these the, the tricks that you just did it makes me feel good makes me smile makes me happy like what else is there like why wouldn't everyone want to feel like that it, it, I don't know. Makes me makes no sense to me, man. But um, I, think, I think a lot of it comes down to you know not not jealousy, so to say, but it's like <clears throat> they're just angry on the inside. They're not maybe, maybe they're not jealous. Of With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, the person or whatever, maybe they just feel like, oh, that could be me, but I don't have the willingness to step forward and do what it takes. You know, so maybe, maybe it is jealousy. Or maybe they're just snarky comments. Like I catch myself sometimes, you know, like I want to be funny, you know, I want to be a comedian yeah. and I see shit, you know, pop up on Facebook or whatever. And I want to leave a snarky remark that I think is funny. Then I'm then I have to smack myself in the face. No, you're being a dickhead. Don't do that. Don't say that. Even though if I think that it's funny, you might get a personal laugh out of it, but it's how it's perceived. That's the tricky part. Yeah. So and when it's, when it's written down as well, it's, maybe they don't mean nothing by it. Maybe they're just being snarky. Yeah, when you write it down as well, I think you you lose context, and you if it's just a comment. Yeah. Whereas if you were saying it to someone 
they can tell you're joking around and you're having a laugh and you're trying to be funny. Whereas when it's written as right. just a very quick sentence, it's like um, you lose the context for it. Um, See, one thing that I that I catch myself doing is uh, if it's some of my buddies, some close friends that I grew up with, some people that I know, it's like, fuck it, dude, I'll say whatever, you know, because yeah. they know me. They actually mm-hmm. know me. But if it's some random, you know, you know, asshole on the Internet that doesn't know me, it could be interpreted wrong because it's lost. There's no context. There's no uh, human factor. Mm-hmm. They're just reading the text. And if they're mm-hmm. in a negative mindset, they will read that negatively. It's like, ah, this motherfucker, he's an asshole, you know. So you got to be very careful with that shit. And trust me, I like to get drunk and be on the Internet and talk to people. And I try to never be bad. I try to never be mean. But sometimes you never. I can, for example, one of my good friends. He was telling me about a disorder, you know, like a, not not bipolar disorder, but split personality disorder or some shit. I don't, I don't know what the definition yeah. was. And I was like, dude, what the hell is that? He's like, well, for example, you know, somebody can say something and I will interpret it totally different and that will ruin my entire day. I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah, awesome. I thought about it. And it, it, that, yeah. that right there made me think. It's like, some people, you know, are different than me. So, hell, dude, you can call me a, a dickhead asshole, and I'd be like, all right, whatever, fuck you. Mm-hmm. you know? yeah, but yeah. people are wired differently, so you have to always be conscious of how you, you know, con- conduct yourself online, you know? Yeah, 100%. And people, like, you never know what's going on with people as well. Like, um, you don't know if they're having problems. You right. don't know if they're, yep. they just yep. split up with their wife or their, yep. you know, someone's died or it could be anything. It, if, you have, if you have personal problems... Then everything else is going to fall apart. Oh yeah. Um, you mentioned that you want to be. Uh, you mentioned like comedy uh, and being a comedian and stuff. Is um, like stand up something that you think you could go to in the future? I mean, I, I did stand up before. You know, several times at different clubs and stuff. But every single joke that I ever told, you know, doing stand up, I was sitting down. Okay. <laughs> ah, I got you on that one. <laughs> You like it. What um is that something that you think you'll pursue more though? <clears throat> I mean, I want to, and I make all these excuses. Dude, um you're Simon on Facebook, right? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah. You, you popped up. I'm gonna send you my routine. Okay. I, I wrote it out. I wrote I've never performed it, but one night I couldn't sleep and I wrote this entire fucking routine. You know, it's probably a good yeah. it's a probably about a three to five minute read. Yeah. Read that shit, dude. It's funny, dude. I was fucking I rolling, dude. I yeah, send it to me. Because I am um, a big stand-up comedy. is my, my writer in my see, wheelhouse. The, the thing is, I'm one hell of a comedy writer, but I've, I've not been on stage a lot for comedy. I'm on stage usually for magic, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a totally different game because on magic, you can improv. You can improv course, it, yeah. you know, because I'm there to where it's like, you know, shuffling cards and I can improv it, right? But comedy, you have to know the material in your head. And I just wrote this just the other night. And it's not perfect, you know, but it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. I, yeah it made me laugh. Send it to me because that's what it's about is making people laugh. And the other thing as well is with when you do comedy clubs and stuff, and you quite often, particularly when you're starting out with it, you may get like three to five minutes, say. And mm-hmm. they want you, once your five minutes is up, up, they want you off because they'll have another you know, another few people who've got five and then they'll have more experienced people who do 10 and then the main event or whatever will do, you know. So you asked me, you asked me about uh, when did I make the decision to go all in with magic, right? Yeah. I never did finish that. 
No, okay. Uh, I just happened to look over here and I saw my tattoos right here. So after the magic convention in Taiwan, I knew, I knew that this was it. I knew it. And I said, there's no going back to live my previous life. And so I went to a tattoo shop and I tattooed the card, you know, pips on the inside mm -hmm. of my fingers. At that point, I knew it, but I want to be professional. So that way, if I go to shake your hand for a job, you can't see it. So it's hidden and they're there. And then I got bold and I said, I'm going to go all in, man. Mm. I got these in New York City. And so now it's like, fuck, I got a tattoo machine. Mm, I just tattooed tattoo crazy over here, man. You know? So did you do those ones on your other hand yourself? Did you? Yeah, I did. I did all these myself, man. Every one. And I, I put know. you right here on my middle finger. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. you were very, you were very important, right? People thinking it means fuck you, but that's not what it means. I was going through such a bad part in my life, man. It was such a bad part. And I put you right there to remind myself every single day that you are important. Mm. And I've not told anybody publicly any of that. Yeah, that's cool. I am. Um, I, if I had a tattoo machine and I was good at art, I would be covered in tattoos because... Um, I didn't say I was good at art. You know, I just said I was. Yeah, you, yeah you are. But yeah, you, you can see. I didn't by say your, I was good at it. I just said I was just, an artist. Yeah, no, but you can see by your, no the cover of your designs. <laughs> Did they not? No one. Did you no, say no, maybe three. I have a no. whole damn you know house full of them. That's all right. Artist, artist for you though, isn't it? That's what you got to say. Hell, I can give myself a tattoo right now if you want. I got my. No, nah, I don't have any clean needles. Never mind. Yeah, oh, that would have been a first as well. Um, I, mean, I can do it with a dirty needle. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll just tattoo Ace. Oh, that would be fucking good, dude. Where would I put it? I'd put it right here. No, that's too many fingers. Eh, I'd have to think about it, but I'd do it. Yeah. Next, time. Next time, definitely. Um, to finish off the this series, what I like to do is ask one question. Um, for you, AJ, what is the meaning of life? To be good, do good, say good, act good, and try to purify, man. Right here, I had a, a card. Tell me what I'm going to do, right? Podcast, edit, mail shirts, pick up shirts, do laundry, say grace, enjoy. Beautiful. I have to I have to do that too. I have to write down what I'm going to do because otherwise I end up getting distracted and I don't do it. But like, this is my thing, see? What you just said there about like, do good, be good, etc. Like, if everybody thought like that, world's a better place than it yeah but i mean dude like i didn't think like that you know a week ago yeah I, th I thought like that you know six years ago bullshit gets in the way you know life gets in the yeah. way what it comes down to man is i had a nightmare okay and mm -hmm. i never have nightmares usually when i when i go to sleep i have a dream and i want to go back to sleep and i, I wish that i was still in dream world because dream world is so much better than reality i had a nightmare you know like two, three, four nights ago. And for the first time, you know, in a long fucking time, I woke up thanking God. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that that's, that's not my reality. Thank you that my reality is this. 
Mm. So it's like, you know, be gracious and be kind to people. And uh, always say grace, man. I don't, I don't give a shit what you believe in. Sign. I don't, you know, it's not any of my business, but I know for me personally, whew, just be, thank, be thankful. Be thankful yep. for, for everything you've got, everything you've had, everything that you've got in your life. I don't think it's much to ask. doesn't matter what you believe in or who you believe in or anything. It, at the end of the day, if you're thankful for what you have, what you have had in the past, then you're not going to spend too much of your time with negativity. And that and goes think, back to you, you know, with you, you know, being an athlete and then having you said you have to walk with the cane. Yeah. Yeah. You never know whenever it can be taken away, man. Even your yeah. very own breath that you take. Always. 100% mate. And as I, as I get older as well, I'm, I'm 40, 41 this year. 41. Um, you're still a young gun, man. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is for me is I, I don't feel as young as I probably am because my physical health is kind of not great, but you know, I am, um, I do my best. I smile. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I love doing this shit because I'll I tell you this side. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been on a few podcasts, right? I've not been on very many podcasts, but I have to say that this podcast that I'm on right now, Ace Podcast, Ace Podcast Nation or Ace Nation Podcast, whatever. I've seen two different ways. This is, mm, it's good, man. I appreciate that, my friend. I really do. Because, because you're, I, um, you're 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 mature and you're real and you're not all about fucking badgering for questions or badgering for answers. We can actually have a real conversation, and that's valuable, man. Yeah, that's so why. Thank you, for, thank you for having me on your show. I really, I'm, I not only appreciate your kind words, mate, but I appreciate you coming on anyway. I think is, um, I think it's important though. Like one of the things when I started doing podcasts was I didn't want to to interview people. I wanted to speak to people and have a conversation. Right. right. And like, look, we could have um, kind of gone through your your like your life and your career bit by bit, and I could have just asked you questions and questions and questions all the way through until we get to today. And then, you know, that, I'm sure that would have been fine. See, but I'd rather go off on tangents and yep. talk about all sorts of stuff. And and that's why the podcast that we do is called Conversation with the Conjurer. It's conversation, you know. So like, we've had some of the biggest names, you know, in the magic, you know, business for mm. conversation. Not a fucking interview because no one likes mm. being interviewed. Leave mm. the interviews for the damn, you know, job fair or whatever, you know. I just like to 100%. meet people. Yeah, and that's it, mate. And and what? So let, let me ask well. you this. Let me ask you this. Oh. So let's let's change gears a little bit. Um, who, who's the biggest, biggest, the most well-known person that you've had on your show so far? Um. I don't know. It depends. So, because I've had so many different shows, I've got so many different shows. So, right. from the MMA and boxing, I had uh, Mighty Mouse Demetrius Johnson on, which is quite okay. big if you're an MMA fan. I think I'm not from there. Uh, no. So, but that's the thing. See, if if you don't know MMA, MMA, he's, it means nothing to people. So, I've but, noticed that you mostly interview athletes, though, right? Like I was looking at your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, so we do. So I do like a weekly. MMA and boxing show on a Sunday night where we have a guest yeah. and we talk about all different things. Well, um, how, did, how did I get in here in this mix? How did that happen? Well, so this series, which is called My Story, I just literally, I speak to anyone. Uh, right. Not anyone, but like people from all different. So I've had... Right, right. In, anyone, you know. Yeah, much like Premier League footballers, um, fighters. We've had authors. We've had a couple of filmmakers, 
actors. How did, how did you find? How did you find me though? I just, all I know um, is you missed me one day and you said, "Hey, you want to be on my show?" And I was like, "Sure." I don't know. To be honest, I think um, I might have come across one of your videos on Instagram, possibly. I think, and then I just—I mean, I know you messaged me on Instagram, but yeah, I think I just came across one of your videos on Instagram, and I was like, "Oh, he looks quite cool." Nice to get him on. It's because I, I I like to vary up. See, I like to. I don't like to just have all the same people like you right. know, all for all footballers right. or all fighters. So like you're not you're not completely people. specialized, you know, in MMA and you know sports, so to say. No, no, no. I I, I am open to speaking to show. Yeah, you are the first magician. Hey um, man, if, if you want to interview more magicians, dude, I have you know I do. I've got a list of magicians you. who I want to speak to, but they never reply to my messages. So shit. You know. Who who have you messaged? Oh, I've messaged loads. Uh, I message, like I messaged Chris Ramsey, which I didn't yeah, expect. Well, good, luck, good luck at him, dude. Yeah, good he ain't gonna get him though. No. He probably um, has, you know, six thousand, you know, unread messages. So good luck. At I that. know, I know. That was that was back a while ago. I was just um, looking for them. That guy who, um, oh, what's his name? I think you mentioned him earlier. Uh, oh, can't remember his name. Eric, Eric. Jones. There, Eric Jones, yeah, the one that was on uh, Foolers, wasn't that? Is that him? Okay. Uh, he he actually won. He actually was a fooler. Yes. What I can do is right. whenever I post this video, I can tag Eric Jones in the video if you want to be if you want him on your show. I'm actually yeah, I'd like to speak now. to him a lot. I'd like to speak to him. To be honest with you, okay. I am I'm open to speaking to anybody, anyone who's got a, a good story or uh, is entertaining. Or is just fun to talk to, or Pete you know. Pete Turner. He would be a good guest for you. I mean, you're Wales. He's from you know uh, like the Bradford Leeds area, wherever okay. that is in comparison to you. Yeah, uh, most of the guys that I know is a Magic, you know, community. Daniel Rivian, he'd be a good one. Most of the guys that I know are actually from the UK, right? Right there in Leeds, Bradford. You know, right there in that okay. area. Yeah, so is it Bradford and? Leeds is quite a hotbed for magic, then, is it? I don't know, man. I'm just the redneck from Tennessee. I don't know how <laughs> you know, cool. uh, they, um, one of the bartenders at the Ruskin called me a cousin from across the pond. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, just good stuff. Just uh, right. What I will do, though, mate, I'm going to wrap up the recording now. Um, listen, right. AJ, it's been an absolute pleasure my friend i've really really enjoyed it it's been and, um, great we'll definitely definitely get you back on and, and do something else anyway soon um because i feel like we had a good chat and i think we could do it again it was great sir hats um, off to you sir thank you yeah indeed mate i will um what i'll do is in the description for the episode i'll put your youtube channel your podcast your social medias all that stuff so anyone who comes to watch it can just hey i'm actually recently newly on cameo so if people want to pay 13 dollars you know you can book me across the entire united states or the nation or the fucking globe whatever wherever you're at get me on cameo i'm great for parties i'm great for (laughs) weddings and funerals funerals yes i want a cameo for my funeral i've just decided going to tell my wife later but um i'll put your cameo in there as well i'll put all your stuff in description below i appreciate um, it and then people can just click and uh, so check that out check aj stuff out give him a follow on social media subscribe to, subscribe hey, uh, to his also, youtube channel and also if, if anybody wants to buy any merch right yeah i've got hats coming like out hat, you know during cool. kickstarter kickstarter is about to launch i got these shirts 
Yeah. Beautiful. That logo got, is uh, fire. I got my cards coming out here soon. Got books on Amazon. So shameless self-promotion. Absolutely. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Um, AJ, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for joining me. All right, Simon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.